Awesome. Well, here we are, invested. <clears throat> this is a great month uh, for this church because every year this time we, uh, we take up our Vision Builders um, funds and uh, that's to invest into the future of this church. You know, we've had some incredible things come out of this place and uh, we not only invest in here in our local community, but overseas as well. Uh, we support a church there, for those that don't know, in Yangon, and uh, they're going through some really terrible time at the moment so with the military there, and, uh, but we continue to get funds through to them to support them and things like that. We've invested a lot of money into Myanmar over the years, and it comes from things like the Vision Builders uh, funds, and uh, we've seen lives transformed. In fact, over the, oh, must be five, six, seven years that we've been visiting there, we've seen uh, several thousand people come to Christ. Uh, and uh, we're seeing a change in Myanmar, which is great. And that's just one of many investments that we have as this church. But we also, locally, we're invested in our uh, youth groups. You know, our youth group is incredible. You know, the people that are coming in, sorry, is there a little bit of reverb there? I can, I can just get in a little tinkle there. Tinkle, tinkle. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just great to see and hear the stories every week. People come into Christ. And that's all part because you're funding it as the church. I was talking to someone the other day about this very thing. And uh, he, he was my next door neighbor actually is a Lutheran pastor. And uh, the Lutherans have been around for a long time. So they have their churches established, all paid off and whatever. And, and uh, he said, yeah, it's quite an adjustment to come up to a new area and but I just slot in, they gave him a house and moves in and takes on the church. And uh, without any worries about raising funds or monies or anything because it's all paid for already. <laughs> and I said, well, that's nice. I said, everything we have here has been paid for by the people. No government assistance, nothing like that, everything. So you look around and you go, wow, glory to God, because we have generous people that sow in to the house of God. And it's just been an amazing to see this thing developed. Uh, I still remember the days, for those that were here in the early days, just over the side there, there used to be a roller door. And uh, we, we do all crazy sort of uh, notices back then. You think they're pretty crazy now. We had the roller door open one day and drove a car in. And we played the part of Charlie's Angels and did a little script like that through the notices. So we've been very creative. We've had motorbikes down here. I remember Eddie driving a motorbike down here for a woman's fashion parade. Uh, so it's been incredible to see the changes taking place and uh, we've got lots more to do and uh, you know you've seen some developments happen out the back there and that's great and thank you to Howard wherever he is Howard's been doing an amazing job out there let's give him a hand clap by the way thank you Howard and uh, helped me out there we're, we're sorting things out and uh, a lot of rooms we've got a big place in this this is a big place but we just need more room it's like you wouldn't think we'd have a problem of storage in this place, but we do. Uh, so we keep moving things around. <laughs> uh, we're all getting there. But so it's an important month uh, for our vision builders. The next two weeks, we will be taking up our, our funds. We will invite people to give. And uh, like I said, don't ever think that, oh, you know, I haven't got enough really to give. Even like $10 a week is $520 at the end of the year. So we invite people to uh, either pledge or give them a one lump sum or whatever they would like. And people have been generous. That's why we got all this stuff, you know, like this all came, uh, you know, and God, God puts on people's hearts. I've had all sorts of things over the years. Had one lady come to me and said, look, I don't have any money other than one account to put into the bill. I said, well, you, that's between you and God. I said, look, 
I, I believe that we can all give, and I encourage everyone to give, but you've got to work that out for yourself. And she says, I have this morning, God spoke to me. And he said, I want you to put, she had put some money aside for one day for a funeral. And God said, that, that's dead money at the moment. I want you to use it for my, my kingdom. And she said, I've been told to give us the building fund. So she took her money out the account. And, uh, and I know God will bless you. Like God's, God's not worried about everything. You know, we sometimes get worried about finances, don't we? You go, oh, where is this going to come from? God's got it covered. And I, I'm a testimony to that. And many of you here are that have had tough moments that you've gone through. But God has come through. And that's the amazing thing with God. God's word is truth. We've got to click that, you know, we've got to go, yeah, hang on, you said that, God, you, you'll supply my every need. So I'm going to believe that and, and I'm going to trust you on that. You know, so we're going to have an opportunity to invest into the things of the kingdom. You know, there's lots of things in our world that we can invest in right now. Some are just useless, you know, some of the things we get conned into, you know, you often see these ads pop up on things, oh, that looks good. You know, I have that, and then you find it's a load of junk when it arrives. <laughs> we invest and waste our money and things like that. One of the funniest ones I heard was uh, somebody advertising uh, a cockroach killer. And you say, oh, yeah, yeah, all natural. And I thought, well, this is good, because you don't like the chemicals in these sprays. And, um, and the person, I didn't send off for this. this, is, this is, I'm a bit smarter than that. But uh, this person sent off for this cockroach killer. It was only 20 bucks. So they thought, what have I got to lose? And in the post, sure enough, the cockroach killer came and he opened the package up and there was two blocks of wood. One was marked block A and one was marked block B. And the instruction says, place cockroach on block A and squash with block B. <laughs> so, you know, people invest in a lot of silly things and, uh, uh, and it goes on, you know, cut your credit cards in half today and they send you out a pair of plastic scissors and things like this, you know. So, you know, there's lots of crazy things. But it's important that we invest in the right things. We all only have 24 hours in a day to invest our time, our monies, and all those things. And it's important that we actually think about those things. Yeah, the old average Aussie likes this sport, you know, go the Crows. They came back last night. That was really good. Yes. <laughs> we love our sports. We spend a lot of time in that. We invest a lot of time in that. You know, some of you probably got season tickets and all that, and that's all good. You may invest your time in your health getting, you know, buff, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> I'll let it down later, um, <laughs> uh, you invest a lot of time in your family, in your children, there's a lot of things we invest to, but out of all these investments, there is only one investment that we're really called to spend our priority in, and that's the investment in the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33 says, uh, to seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I don't think sometimes we put enough thought on that investment because we're so busy. The world's just so crazy, isn't it? It's like, it keeps you busy, you don't even stop to think about things. And I'm not saying investing in your children is not a good thing because it is part of the kingdom. God has instructed us as parents to invest into our children, look after those things. That's all part of it. But uh, with investments, there come risk, and with investments, there comes costs. It'll, investments will cost you financially. It will cost you time, it will cost you emotion sometimes. Some things are emotionally draining in, uh, in investments. But this morning I want to talk to you from uh, the book of Matthew on this invitation uh, of uh, in being invested into the kingdom of God and how Jesus spoke to the disciples about it. So if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, let's turn to Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 
reading through to verse 27. You've got your Bibles there? That's good. And let me, and then I'll pray. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life shall lose it, and whoever desires to lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited, profited if he had, shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward each one according to his works. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And Father, I pray that it be your word spoken through me as we unfold this scripture, these words of yours. Father, I pray you challenge us with it, you impact us with it, and we'll be transformed by it. I give you all the glory this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this is a um, challenge in Scripture when you start to read. I, and, and I want to say to you, when you get Scriptures like this, don't just read it and go, I've done my duty. Let's start to really meditate on what God is saying there because it's hidden pearls behind some of the words and uh, things that will just jump out of you. So here we have Jesus uh, saying to his disciples, he says, if anyone desires to come after me, See, to follow Jesus, you need to have a desire. A desire. And desires come from our heart. We don't need to be enticed with fancy stuff. And unfortunately, the Christian world has gone a bit crazy like that. I've seen churches trying to get people enticed into Jesus by doing a kind of raffle thing. Uh, there was one church in America that were giving away a Harley Davidson motorcycle. So if you turn out the church, you get a number into our raffle and you get a Harley Davidson motorbike. And I thought, my goodness me, that's not what it's about. You're missing the point. It says, if anyone desires to come after me, not if anyone puts their name in a raffle. <laughs> it's a desire from our heart. It said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Here, Jesus gives us an invitation to follow him. This is the first part of the scripture. He says, if anyone has a desire, I'm giving you an invite here. If you desire to come, it's going to cost you. But the interesting thing, when you see that verse, Jesus says this, he delivers it to the disciples <laughs> um, straight after the verse is proceeding. He says this in um, Matthew 16, 21. He had been speaking to the disciples about what was to happen to him. It says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, scribes, and be killed and be raised again on the third day. So here he is saying, if anyone desires, but he already spoken what that means. He's already spoken to the disciples that I'm going off, I must be killed and I'll, I'll be raised again. He was actually laying out what this means to deny yourself, to be invested into him. You know, it's like saying, okay, guys, you know, who's going to follow me? But then when he, he spells it all out, like, Many will suffer, many will be killed in my name. It's like uh, the hands sort of go down. You know, like he's asking the question, okay, guys, who's going to follow me? I've just told you what I'm up for. Who's up for it? Anyone? And we go, oh, I didn't know that was included. You know, I thought it was all going to be good, Jesus, because Peter earlier on was told how uh, when he confessed who Christ was in that same passage of Matthew 16, Jesus says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Now, that sounds kind of good, doesn't it? 
like got keys of the kingdom. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Now he's telling me we may have to die. Like if we follow him, we have to deny ourselves. Hang on. I didn't see that in the contract. But that's what it means. And we need to be uh, real about this because we have some churches out there that are just talking all the fluffy stuff. Jesus loves you. Yes, that's true. And everything's going to be all right when you come to Jesus. Well, that's not true. It's not all going to be all right. Yes, it is eternally, like you're going to end up in heaven. But it doesn't mean everything gets fixed like that because we live in a fallen world. And Jesus and, and all the disciples, look at the life of Paul, the suffering he went through. He didn't, get, he didn't sort of have that kind of mindset like, oh, I've come to Jesus, everything's going to be great. No, he was fogged, whipped, spat out, he was chased down, beaten, and all this. And if your whole, um, your whole life is based on that Jesus is going to make everything all right, you're going to be very disappointed when things like that happen. I like what the uh, pure word uh, brings out. Um, it talks like from the understanding of the Greek from that passage. It says, in Joseph, uh, sorry, Jesus spoke to his disciples and in this word, and it says, if any man is continuously by his choice willing to come after me, he must by his choice deny himself. See, it's a choice. It's a choice. And this is where the Greek understanding of the word actually brings that out more than what the English does. And he must by choice take up his cross and he must continuously by his choice be following me. I like that, that word continuously, because it's not a one-off. Like, oh, I followed Jesus yesterday, but today I'm doing my own thing. You know, like when you're invested into Jesus, you're a new creation. You're, it's, things change. It's not a one-off thing. It's a constant thing. It's a new thing. It's where you live from. And that's why it's kind of picking up the passage where Joshua says, choose whom this day you serve. So it's not a one-off thing. It's not like, you know, or a 14-day trial. It's like, you know, money back guarantee. It's, it's, it's like, no, I'm giving my life to Christ. I chose this day who I'm serving, and that's who I'm invested in, and that's who I'm living for every day, not just on select days when I feel like it, like when it's a good day. When it's a good day, it's good, but when it's bad, oh, not today, Jesus, don't bother me. I'm, I'm having a bad day. You know, because some people like that. They're up and down like a yo-yo, you know. We've got to be consistent, um, but we've got to understand being invested into the things of God will come at a cost. Jesus said this in Luke 14, 28, For which of you intended to build a tower does not sit down first and count the costs, whether he has enough to finish it? He's telling you, you must count the costs. You know, a lot of people come to Christianity because they love all the benefits that we hear. You know, they love the joy, the peace. They love the singing, you know. I've known people come in first time to church and go, Wow, I love your band. I love the music. This is awesome. You know, this is great. So they love all those kind of things. But when you're actually told that it's going to cost you something, they go, what? What do you mean it's going to cost you? It will cost you your life because you lay down your life for Christ. Christ laid down his life for you. And as you know, and we're seeing we're moving into a whole new world right now where, as Sharon said, freedoms are being taken away. Freedoms are taken away. You know, you, you say certain things, you could be ended up in the courts. And there are a lot of Christians that are in courts right now just for expressing their beliefs. One doctor posted, I think, on a Facebook post that he believed that marriage was between a man and a woman. And he's now had his registration taken off him. He can't practice as a doctor. He was taken through the courts. So he said that was discrimination. He should not be saying those things as a doctor in a place, blah, 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 blah. So you will be per persecuted. You will be despised. You will lose some friends. You know, that's the truth. That's the truth. I'm telling you the truth today. I'm not going to hide any. I'm going to make it all 
I'm not a car salesman. I'm not going to say, yeah, look at this fantastic model and hide all the holes in the seats and things that are there because I know some people do that. I actually went to a car yard one time and because my background is a mechanic, I know what to look for. And this car salesman didn't know that and he was trying to sell me this car. He goes, oh, it's an amazing car. I go, yeah, it looks really good. I just played with him for a while. And yeah, that's amazing. I love that. He goes, oh, so you want to buy it? I said, nah. I said, it's been in a ding. I can tell it's out of alignment. That's the tires are rubbing there. And he goes, oh, oh, you know, how, how do you know it? I said, well, I'm a mechanic. He goes, oh, okay, I better come good then. He rips off the car seat, it's covers his holes in the seats and, <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. But uh, so I was certainly not going to invest in that car. Uh, but the thing is, we got to understand there is a cost to live in the Christian world. And when you say you're invested, how invested are you? Are you invested just by name? Like, I believe in Jesus, and that's as far as it goes. Or you're actually living out of that place. Because you're invested into the kingdom. You're living for the kingdom. You speak the kingdom things. You do kingdom things. Everybody in this church that's serving is doing kingdom things. You know, we've got some great servers here doing those things because they are invested. They're invested into the things of God. They're invested into this church, this house, this ministries that come out of this place. And we all have a part to play. You know, you might go, well, you know, I, I, what can I do? You know, even turning up to one of these amazing connect groups that uh, Lisa and Corey run is an investment in the kingdom because hanging out with other people like-minded is you encourage one another. You build one another up for the kingdom. And you're investing time into people and it's people that you'll get return from. And we need to invest in people. Like I've seen some amazing things uh, take place over the years when you spend some time with people. You just never know who the next, say, Billy Graham is or whatever it's a big uh, name. Investing into people now, you, you will pay dividends later. And so we believe that very much in this church and helping now. I'm, I'm currently running the uh, a young guys group. Uh, you're included, Corey. You're young. <laughs> Teaching them on public speaking and sermons. I'm, I'm investing in the future of this church. We've got a few guys, you know, in that group, and they may be your future preachers, teachers. You know, we've we've had like Sophie. Sophie was in that group. She, she's preaching really amazing and uh, shows me up. And uh, <laughs> pay you later. That's all right. Um, but um, this this is the thing. We need to invest for our future. Yeah, uh, Pastor Ashley's out there right now with the young children. I think she is. Yep, <laughs> uh, investing in the future. She's not just like babysitting out there. She's going, these are our future preachers, teachers, evangelists, and I'm going to give it the best. And it's great. I love hearing the stories every week where she tells us, you know, how cute the kids are and how they stand up and speak the word of God and with, with you know, power. And she says it's just amazing. And I don't know what else they get up to out there. One day I might get out there. But um, awesome. You know, it's just awesome. They understand uh, what those things mean. So it will come as a cost. A cost. Are you ready to wear a cost? The costs are being invested. Matthew 16, 25 says, For whoever desires to save his life shall lose it, and whoever desires to lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever desires, it's about what's in your heart. So if you desire to save your life, and the reference here is about more to, he's speaking to Christians, he's talking about your life. If your life is more important than the things that God's got planned for you, you you're going to lose it anyway. It's all, all gone. 
The things of God are eternal. The things of man are, are temporal. And we've got to understand for whoever desires to save his life. And I've seen uh, amazing, well, crazy things of people that once were a strong Christian, you know, and they're going for God and now they're not even in church because their business was too important to them. Their sport was too important to them. And, and they've just drifted. It's because they felt their life, what they wanted to do, was more important than what God had planned for them. You know, uh, we should never deny what God's call is. It's the best call. Do you think your plans are better than God's? Certainly not. He knows the outcome of it. He, he can see into the future, you know, where we can't. And uh, I remember John Mavir talking about a businessman, and God will do this sometimes to extreme to get your attention. This particular businessman was very successful, like making big bucks. So that was his life. I want this life, you know. But God had called him to another life, called him to be a minister. And uh, he totally ignored him. Well, he got his attention because this guy had a heart attack. And he had a death experience. He saw hell. He saw the reality of what he had to uh, uh, lose. And, uh, and God gave him another chance. And uh, when he came back, he quit being a businessman, I can tell you, <laughs> uh, very quick and, and uh, gave his life to Christ and started what he was called to. You see, because there's a spiritual realm that we cannot see, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There are things happening all the time. We're seeing the effects of evil right now on this planet. The devil is unlashing all his stuff at once. You think this is a coincidence that within a short period of time, we've had same-sex marriage, gender fluidity, we've had abortion to birth, uh, euthanasia's on the bill now, and freedom to all at once. Because that's what the devil does. He tries to wear you down. He tries to throw you at things. If you've got one thing before you, you can all go, well, let's all rise, guys. Let's tackle this one thing. We'll get on top of it. We'll beat them, blah, blah, blah. He knows that. But so what he does, he throws lots at you. Keeps throwing heaps and you, you get, oh, this is overwhelming. It's too much. I don't know where to go to now. I don't, I'm tired. I can't fight this battle. That's what he wants to do. He wants to make you feel defeated. But I'm telling you, we are the winners. We are the winners because we're invested in the kingdom of God. We're invested into the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We will not lose. But when we invest, it's a commitment. We, we go invest and not look back. Hebrews 10, 38 says, uh, I'm not, basically Jesus uh, says, I'm not, or Paul says, uh, I'm not, um, what's it say? <laughs> I've got a mental block then. <laughs> Don't you hate that in your old age? <laughs> we are not those that shrink back. So we should not be shrinking back. We should be those that are going forward. So when we've made an investment, we're going forward in this thing because we believe in it. That's where your faith comes into operation. When you're invested in things, you start walking into them. You can say all you like with your mouth, but if you're not following it with your actions, it means nothing. When I say I'm invested, I'm invested. That's why I turn up here every Sunday. You know, sometimes you know, people go, oh, why can't you? My, my family that don't go to church, they go, why can't you have a Sunday off? I said, well, I have to go. I'm the pastor. And uh, <laughs> they go, oh, surely you can have a day off, yeah. Uh, but we are not those that shrink back. We're not those that keep changing. We're not going to flip-flop back like Mr. Dr. Fauci, the flip-flopper, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Oh, the mask, you know, they're pretty, uh, you don't need to wear a mask. Uh, you know, only sick people need to wear a mask. And, uh, uh, and then five minutes later, it's like, now you need to wear a couple of masks, and even three masks may be good for you uh, until we choke you and you, you won't spread anything. Uh, but that's the life of people. They're just like flip-flop, flip-flop, flip-flop. Jesus said, you're either for me or you're against me. Come on, let's get this straight. 
You're either for me or against me. You're invested in me or you're not invested in me. There's no middle road. There's no dangling your leg over one side and sitting on the fence. You can't do that. I know a lot of people say that. Go, oh, yeah, I'll just get my life together. Then I might come to Jesus. No, that's not how it works. You come to Jesus. You just put your whole self in and uh, that's it. Uh, and you, you just invest totally your whole life into him. Um, <laughs> that was a bad impression of Dr. Fauci, wasn't it? <laughs> So I think my wife did better this morning because she had a bit of a croaky voice, so I thought she could probably do it better. <laughs> but of course, with every investment, there is a cost, but this scripture tells us too that the reward of being invested. It says in Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward each one according to his works. According to your works. Where you invest is where your return comes from. You invest in the kingdom of God, in the works that God has called you to. That's where your return will come from. Some people want to invest, want to return without investing. You, you don't get anything. You know, it's like going, oh, I'm expecting to uh, get a good payout from the stock market because I heard things going up. Oh, what did you invest in? Oh, I didn't invest in anything. I'm just hoping it will happen. Well, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? But that's how people view sometimes with the things of God. They don't step into the things of God, but they expect the, the rewards of it. There is all sorts of investments that look attractive, but not all pay the reward. Um, and it says here, he shall reward each one according to his works. And it's not just talking about any works, like, oh, yeah, I'm a mechanic, fixed a few cars and that. Well, good fix in there, Ian, I'll... Well, you're rewarded for that. It's not referring to that. It's referring to what you've been called to in God. What has God called you to in that investment that you put into Him? For it says in Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So when we're invested in Him and we do His will, that is what is referring to as the reward for according to our works, our according to our works that we've done for him. Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, Jehovah, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doings. So it's by our fruit, by our deeds in him that we shall be rewarded. So as we look through that, this scripture tells us that there's an invite, invitation, Take up your cross. There's a cost involved with taking up that cross. It will cost you friends. It will cost you money. It will cost you all sorts of things. But finally, like I said, it, when we're invested in him, there is a reward, a great reward. And, it, and totally that reward is eternal in heaven. Do you know every work that you've done for God is recorded? Do you know God sees everything you do? Sometimes we think that God doesn't notice things. We go, oh, you won't notice that. I remember being a little kid and, and uh, kind of like being a little bit naughty and, and, and so I hid from my mum under the table. And she goes, come out of here. You know, God can see you. You know, all your naughty stuff you're doing there. Come out of that table. And I'd get under a chair. He can't see me here. Oh, he can. I'll move somewhere else. And sometimes as adults, we, we forget that God can see everything you do. Everything. All your naughtiness. And uh, no hiding under chairs. Um, but he keeps a book. It's called the Book of Life. You read it in the Scriptures. And he writes everything in this book about your life. Everything's recorded. 
You know, you've often heard people have these death experiences, and also they said their life flashes before their eyes. It's like all that is, is in this book. And, uh, and I've known a few people who have had death experience, and they've actually seen this book. I remember one story of a pastor um, dying, and uh, he was about 75 years old, and this is at Yonggi Cho's church. He, he died, and they had, they had him on the table. All the pastors would gather around and just crying and crying because this is not... They loved this pastor. He was a great pastor. And um, he said, you know, time went past. About 20 minutes, they're just, just praying in the room for their lost one and all this. But they didn't realize what had happened to the pastor because the pastor came back to life. Like 20 minutes later, all of a sudden, he came to life. And they were all freaked out. Like, oh, they thought it was a ghost. And they're running out of the room. But the pastor said, no, no, it's me. I'm back. I'll be back. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, he said, look, I've had an experience. He said, I went to heaven. I saw God. I saw the throne. I saw Moses. I saw these things. But God brought me to this book called the Book of Life. And he said, it was amazing. He started flipping through the pages. And there was all this stuff written about me. Even as a naughty little 10-year-old boy, there was an account in there which I totally forgot about. He said, I was in the shop and I stole some shoes when I was 10 because I was poor. I had no money. I stole these shoes. And there it is. It's written in the Book of Life. And he just flicked the pages. There's another, oh, yeah, I remember that. Don't want to remember that. <laughs> and, and it just went through. The, all the records of his life were in this book. He started to panic because there was some bad stuff in there. Like, oh. But then as he turns to the last page, it said, because uh, it was an account of his life before God, it said, paid in full by the blood of Christ. Everything he had done because he'd given his life to Jesus. He invested his life into Jesus. It's paid for by the blood, the shedding of Jesus' uh, blood on the cross. And I want to tell you this morning that that same invite is there for you. If you invest into Jesus Christ, give your life to him, your name will be in the book of life and it will be paid in full. There are some people on Judgment Day that are going to come before God and they're going to open up the books. It says that in the scripture, it tells us. And they're not going to have that same thing because they never gave their life to Jesus. Unfortunately, those people will end up where the devil was uh, made to go as in hell and then thrown into the lake of fire later on. But God's love towards us is so great that he'd have nobody perish. God loves you so much. That's why he warns us. He tells you that the whole book, his whole Bible is written there for your benefit so you can see the outcome of your choice. You choose life, you choose Jesus, you invest in him, you have eternal life. If you choose not to, you end up where the devil's going. It's that simple. Jesus always makes it very simple for us. So I just want you to close these last minutes. just want you to close your eyes, bow your head. Because this is the greatest investment you could ever make to give your life to Jesus Christ. Each one of you have a book with your name in it. And our, my prayer today is that your name at the end of that book will say that you've been forgiven and all your debt has been uh, uh, paid by the blood of Jesus. This morning in this place, you may have that relationship with Jesus and you know your name's all good in that book. There's another passage in Revelation that said, I'll blot you, your name out of that book. And that's referring to Christians. So we need to know that our we need to make sure that our investment is, is every day. 
we don't flip-flop. So this morning, I want to ask you, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? If you haven't, it's a simple prayer. Ask him and invite him into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. And perhaps you once did that as a child, and, but you've not lived in that place. Or perhaps you're not even sure this morning. Well, I want you to leave this place known with assurance that you've invested into eternity with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus as your Savior and Lord. If you'd like to make him your Lord and Savior this morning, you'd like me to pray for you, wherever you are in this auditorium, just raise your hand. I will see that and I'll pray for you. I would like to see everybody in heaven. We're going to have a party up there. It's going to be great. I'm telling you, you need to know that in this time that we live in this hour because things are going to get worse. You're going to see a, a lot of turmoil taking place. But know that if you are in Jesus, you don't need to worry about these things because we have a contract with him, a life contract forever, ever. So if you want to make a decision for Christ this morning, just raise your hand wherever you are. I see that hand. Thank you. Down again. Thank you. And uh, this is important you get this right. This is not games we're playing. This is reality. Jesus made it so real when he came to earth to die for us. He was not playing games. He believes in you. He loves you so much that he would do that. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're going to say a sinner's prayer and... uh, Let's all encourage one another. Let's all join in on this sinner's prayer. This is inviting Jesus into our life for those that are doing it for the first time. This is the access into the kingdom. These are the keys to the kingdom when you invite Jesus into your life. So let's everybody repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and you rose from the dead. I turn now from my sins and invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior forevermore. Amen. If you said that prayer today, whether it's your first time or recommitment, I want you to have the insurance that Jesus has heard that, God has heard it, and you are in the kingdom of God. That means no matter what happens to you, God's got you covered. Life eternal. Can we all stand this morning? And if you are one of those that have raised your hand, what I would love to pray for you personally, and, or if you have any other needs, as we finish off with this song this morning, I just want you to come forward and uh, we pray for you and believe God is going to really move in you. In Jesus' name, amen.